0: CHAPTER ONE OF Goose Quill PAPERS. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION, OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. RECORDING BY LINDA CANTONI. GOOSEQUILL PAPERS BY LOUISE Imogen Guiney. ON THE GOOD REPUTE OF THE APPLE. FOR THE SAKE OF AN APPLE, ATALANTA LOST HER NIGH-ONE VICTORY and that other apple, thrown for the fairest, moved all Olympus into discord. Bragi, the north god, and his peers renewed their youth with one touch of its cool juices. Dragons circled it in the enchanted garden, the daughters three stood about it in a sacred ring, and none but Hercules was its captor. The renaissance marbles of the Greeks are dug out of earth, praxitelian shapes, with its rounded beauty yet in their outstretched hands what a superb mythologic pedigree what noble mention each worth an immortality from old poets romancers historians all heterodoxy lauded thee apple of mine eye it was reserved for true church traditions to belie thee thou who art full of virtue what is this rumor of thy defection in eden thy remote causing of all contemporaneous woe. Thou who art fair without as a cherub's cheek, how couldst thou be a better to the treacherous spirit? Shall the fault of our frail ancestress rest upon thy rosy head? That the forbidden fruit of paradise was an apple, saith a grave and learned author, is commonly believed, confirmed by tradition, perpetuated by writings, verses, pictures, and some are so bad prosodians as thence to derive the latin word malum because that fruit was the first occasion of evil wherein notwithstanding determinations are presumptuous many i perceive are of another belief let the personal argument stand in default of a bolder plea mephisto who hath had no chance of reformation and who may be supposed to keep his early leanings is in modern times no frequenter of orchards not by farmer nor wayside night nor loitering sweethearts at dusk hath he ever been detected prowling about an innocent apple-tree it hath on the other hand been affirmed by an ingenious clerk that apple-eating is a masculine passion and that no woman hath a dominating natural relish for this hearty fruit which proven would seem to indicate as a burnt child dreads the fire according to the proverb that eve's mindful daughters shun by instinct the immemorial enemy if indeed it needs must be demonstrated by some unborn logician that our primal happiness was forfeited by naught else beyond the serpent's wiles than a gilly-flower or a greening hanging on the representative tree and criterion of obedience then there exist myriads of her descendants with the ancestral weakness who shall look on our abused common mother with a new and tender consideration such as her disastrous connection with a plum, or a currant, or a quince, could never have evoked. The apple is the only fruit which deserveth the name of genial. A peach is but a Capuan dish. The lime approacheth with cold infrequency. The amiable pear hath too little character. The grape is chiefly suggestive, anticipatory of its hereafter, as the larva of the gorgeous butterfly but apple standeth on her own merits tart jelly fritters dumpling enter not into the imagination of her possessor nay nor even cider that fretful disempurpled wine wine as it were with the bar sinister apple hath not the flippant gaiety of the cherry her glad humour is somewhat dashed with cynicism she warmeth the heart and trippeth up the tongue and is in the accepted phrase of artists a good fellow foe to unrighteous melancholy as laurentius writ and frankly compassionate she should have had horace for her court poet one can conceive of poor manly fielding loving her at the modest ratio of three dozen a day and of little mr pope brushing her aside with fastidious petulance the friends of Apple, your sworn familiars, who offend not her sun-mottled exterior with barbaric divisions of the knife, may be known by their ready wit and their bright glances. Hath not the wholesome autumn light, which filtered into the fruit they affect, permeated their moral temperament? They must needs be sound, consolatory, humane, and fit to wrestle with every wind that blows man is that he eats we read among the bewilderments of german speculation but of her chaste and subtle cup rimmed with gold or crimson as nature willed the elect drink invigoration encompass me about with apples saith the canticle for i am sick with love which driven to its bare and literal sense implies that apples are antidotes to languor and over fondness Apple, be it said, is a platinist. Bake her not. Take her in her gypsy wildness, in the homespun, lovelier so than pomegranates in their velvet. Not too untimely, either, lest she be vindictive and become the apothecary's friend rather than thine. Learn to trace her maiden growth among her cheery sisters from some gnarled seat. Deny her not the armchair with thee before the flickering hearth-fire, and in thy most solitary meditations, thy rapt brooding hours, trust her that she shall not distract thee. Out of celestial gardens, in the tender Cappadocian legend, made Dorothy's angel brought apples to Theophilus, to him, indeed, the fruit of salvation.' yet having lost the sweet symbolic grace of yore she comes ever benignly and without malice lavish october's legacy foretelling to thy fancy other seasons yet to make glad the earth she more than any other is the staunch standby the winter friend her native orchards droop lifelessly in snows but like a fair deed she surviveth mortality a kind and vital influence still darling of the tourist and the huntsman that she is never was their creature so absolutely adapted to the student her happy moisture fructifieth the brain only our neighboring concord sages far back in the athenian beginnings of the present school sought her intellectual aid in vain they and the listening element met for conversation Emerson, Thoreau, Alcott, Curtis, even Hawthorne, with his sylvan shyness about him. There were appalling breaks, pertinacious flashes of silence, such as were indigenous to Macaulay. The philosopher sat erect and struggled. Then the narrator tells us how, with Olympic sweetness, the host, Ralph Waldo Emerson, brought out a dish of russets, Magna Space Altera, genius having failed which were consumed unavailingly in silence the ally was wistfully courted on after occasions but the club solemnly dispersed on the third night if apple alas hath her freaks let them be expended on philosophers for her humbler adherents she hath too constant a good will to us at least she is faithful recompensing our old affection for every branch of her house. We are no specialist, but cherish her to the twentieth remove. All her pale and soured graftings, her pungent windfalls, her eccentric hangers-on, her disregarded poor relations. Yea, till our judgment and our gallantry forsake us, be thou our deity Pomona candles we'll give to thee, and a new altar. Nothing shall divert our vow. Willfully and in cold blood we subscribe ourself, thy pagan. End of chapter one. Recording by Linda Cantoni.